Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is time to get caught up with the cards. This is your... No. You know what? No. Uh Uh-uh. No. This team is in the midst of a season-defining, legacy-cementing, record-setting 16-game win streak. Ain't nobody got time for trite opens and cute turns of phrase. We got to get right to the meat and potatoes, or in the case of St. Louis, Budweiser and fried ravioli. Our beloved Redbirds are the hottest team in the game right now. One of the best stories in all of sports. First, though, quick programming note. Haven't done the pod in a bunch of weeks. Been conspicuously absent. Had some personal stuff, some medical issues, obviously, with the family that's going to take precedence. Also in the middle of a big move from the city that never sleeps, New York. Would have been great to be in New York for that Met series. Uh, Now all the way down to Big D, Dallas, Texas. So we had all that happening. Apologies on the radio or podcast silence. Had a bunch of people reach out. We got Scott from Philly. He's been looking for the podcast. Of course, he probably still thinks the Phils are going to make the playoffs. So factor that in. My guy Jay Berman looking for an emergency pod. And you know what, Jay? Yes, absolutely. This is an emergency. It's an emergency of all the best kinds. The Cardinals have won 16 straight. Gary from Massachusetts by way of New Jersey. He's been looking for the podcast, but you know what? It's fine. We're back. Like Kanye, a little bit of a delay dropping the album, but we're in the midst of it and we're here. And what a time to be here. This is as exciting as it's been to be a Cards fan or to be hosting a Cardinals podcast in about a decade, right? This run, this energy, This excitement, it's shades of 2011 when that club caught fire at the most important time and ran the table all the way to the world championship. Can you believe it's been 10 years since that team? That club, a club that featured Albert Pujols, going to talk about him in a bit, plus Yachty and Ueno, two guys that we now know will be back next year. But as for this year, 16 straight. It's all part of a franchise record since the club joined the NL in 1892, It's the longest streak in all of baseball since 1951. Let that sink in. No team in the last 70 years has had a streak equal to what the Cardinals are doing right now. And there's tons to dig through as far as the streak goes. But most importantly, the most important thing, this streak is almost certainly going to send the Cardinals to the playoffs, which is something that seemed very unlikely about a month ago. Right now, the Cardinals are 87 and 69, 18 games above 500. Now, you remember each week during the season, I'd kind of run the standings and we talk about where the club was. Well, they're a game up over 500. Maybe they're a game back. Next week, they're two up, two back, one and a half. They're now 18 games above the 500 mark. They're guaranteed of a winning season. The worst they could possibly finish is 87 and 75. That's if they close the season with six straight losses. They would still be 12 games above 500. It's just insane what this run has done. Now, playoffs. Where's Jim Mora? Playoffs? Yeah, Jim, we're talking about playoffs. It's a near certainty at this point. Now, the Brewers clinched the Central over the weekend. And either the Dodgers or the Giants will get the first wildcard berth. The other one will get the division. The Cards have a six-game edge over the Reds and the Phillies. Each team has six to play, so the Cardinals' magic number to clinch that second wild card is a single game. 
So right now, the Cardinals' playoff likelihood is listed at greater than 99%. Again, a single win gets them in, and winning has kind of been their thing of late. Their playoff likelihood on September 7th, less than three weeks ago, 2.8%. So from sub three to up over 99 in 20 days. Crazy. Now, if you listen to the podcast a lot, you'll know that I tend to favor themes, context, stories, perspective, much more than stats and metrics. I, I tend to think we can get lost in the numbers. They don't always tell the story. But there is one stat that I've been paying attention to throughout the year. Pretty basic, not that hard to figure out, tells a pretty clear story, run differential. How many are you scoring? How many are you giving up? Now, for much of the season, the cards were in the red on that one. They allowed more runs than they were scoring cumulatively. Now, thanks largely to this little September swoon, St. Louis is plus 34. It's a pretty easy stat to track. All the good teams are way up on that number. Giants are plus 197. The Dodgers are an insane plus 247. The Rays, the White Sox, the Astros over there in the AL, plus 191, plus 143, plus 205. Again, paints a very clear picture. You score a lot and give up a few, you're going to be in the mix. And until a few weeks ago, the cards were way down in the negative on that metric. Now they're on the right side of it and almost certainly headed for the playoffs. Throughout the streak, lots of guys to highlight, moments to look at. There was Sunday's botched infield fly rule that put the streak in jeopardy. There was Saturday's wild, now pay attention for your scoring at home, 3-2-5-4-2-8-6 double play. That's Goldie to Yachty to Nolan to Tommy back to Yachty to Harrison Bader covering second base and then over to Paul DeYoung. That double play ended the inning, preserved the lead, kept the streak alive. There's just been excitement around every corner, drama at every turn. One guy I want to look at, though, and this one's not that hard to figure out, Tyler O'Neill. You remember when we had my son Oscar on the podcast back in June? He's a huge Yachty guy, loves Wayno. But he said at the time, Tyler O'Neill is becoming a star right before our eyes. End quote. Well, my young son, yes. Yes, he certainly is. Tyler O'Neill has 11 homers so far this month. Only Mark McGuire launched more September homers for the Cardinals. He had 15 in 97, again in 98, 15, and then 12 in 99. Those were peak Big Mac years, and the suspicion is that he wasn't entirely natural. O'Neill, meanwhile, eats no Big Macs. He is a full-on vegetarian. I heard a great nickname for O'Neill, and it makes a ton of sense, the bouncer. I love that. The, the guy is so built... He's one of those guys growing up, my dad would have turned to me and said something like, well, Tyler O'Neill, his muscles have their own muscles. He wears that super tight uni. He's got the pants fitted around the calves, huge bulging biceps. The guy, he really looks like somebody that would be standing outside of a bar in Boston, tossing unruly Sox fans into the street two at a time. Get out of here, Mark. Come on, Mikey and Jimmy. I don't want to see either of you two or three again. Until after next year's St. Paddy's. I can picture Tyler O'Neill being a bouncer somewhere. But for now, he's too busy dominating for the Redbirds. 317 he's hitting in his last 15 games. He's slugging 700. He's at 32 homers on the year. So if you factor in his homers, plus Nolan Arenado has 33, Paul Goldschmidt has 31. That's three guys in the Cardinals with more than 30 homers. They've only done that once before in franchise history. 17 years ago, 
Pujols, Jimmy Edmonds, and Scotty Rowland all hit 30-plus jacks. All of a sudden, the Cardinals have a dangerous offensive lineup with three centerpiece sluggers, and it's happening at the right time. For the month, 47 homers the Cardinals have hit. That's a franchise record. Production's coming from everywhere. Harrison Bader, it's very plausible he may win a gold glove. He's just been voted the National League's Player of the Week. He's got 15 bombs in the year, and he had three last week alone. The truth is this team is gelling right now. They're playing with fire, the energy, through the roof. It's as though every single time they step on the field, they assume they're going to find a way to win even when they're trailing deep in ballgames. However, and this is where my sort of pessimistic sports fan hat comes on, to what end? What I mean is, okay, they needed this run to make the playoffs, which presumably they'll do later this week. But history is made in October, and not the first week of October. If the Cardinals flame out in the playoffs, what will this streak have meant? Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. It's really exciting to see what the club can do when everyone's chipping in, everyone's firing on all cylinders. And I'm not saying it's all for naught if they don't win the World Series. I'm just asking, at what point do you secretly kind of wish maybe they take some of these dramatics and sort of bottle them up and save it for when it really counts. I know you can't do that, but part of me feels like, oh, no, don't waste all the magic. Or maybe there's plenty of magic to come. Maybe this is what it's all leading to. was texting with my dad last week. A lot of pub for my dad on this week's show. And we're talking about a potential wild card game versus the Dodgers. He, pa says, well, they better hope the Dodgers don't throw Scherzer. He's been lights out since joining the team. Of course they're going to throw Scherzer. They have to. It's a one-game shoot em up You can't save anybody for the next series when you don't know that there's necessarily going to be a next series. Of course the Dodgers are going to throw Scherzer. And you know what? If Max goes out there and he twirls a gem like we know he can, eight innings, four hits, gives up one run, nine strikeouts, and he beats him, you tip your cap and you say you got beat by a stud. It happens. All I'm saying is, do not discount a certain six foot seven inch 40 year old right hander. Yep, this is the Adam Wainwright appreciation portion of the program. His last start notwithstanding, when he gave up a grand salami in the first inning, Wayno's been great since the break. Quietly pushed himself into the NL Cy Young conversation. He's not going to win it. Mm, but he's in the convo. Look at his numbers. 16 wins, second in the National League. 200 innings, third best in the league. Three complete games, tied for the league lead. He just picked up his 2,000th career strikeout. Only Bob Gibson, who has an insane 3,117 strikeouts, has more for the Cardinals. Side note, Wayno ain't catching Bob Gibson. But Wayno on the hill in a do-or-die game for all the marbles, with Yachty calling that game, especially given where this team was a month ago, I will take that scenario, and I will live and die with the results, even though that game will be in L.A. In fact, I've actually gone so far as to imagine the scenario of how this season might play out. It's just for fun, right? That's what this is, sports, baseball. For us, the fans... It's fun, right? So that said, 
Here's how it lays out for me. Cardinals go to Los Angeles. Scherzer pitches great. Wayno has a Wayno type of day. He works deep into the ball game. It's now 2-1 Cardinals on the strength of a Nolan Arenado solo homer and an RBI double by Tyler O'Neill. Things get dicey with men on in the sixth, but Harrison Bader picks up Wayno, goes into his bag, and lays out in center field to steal an RBI and extra bases away from Mookie Bats. It stays 2-1. Meanwhile, bottom nine, Wayno is on fumes. He puts the tying run on base via the walk, and he's clearly laboring. Mike Maddox comes out to the mound. Alex Reyes throwing in the bullpen. Adam has that, you're going to have to pry this baseball out of my cold, dead hand look in his eye. And that's when Albert Pujols gets called into the game as a pinch hitter. The late-arriving crowd in L.A. is on its feet. Yachty crouches down, inches away from his former teammate and good friend. After a would-be game-winning homer sneaks just west of the left-field foul pole, the tension at Dodger Stadium is palpable. Wayno stares at Yachty. Pujols stares back at Wayno. And with two strikes, Wayno buckles Pujols at the knees with his trademark 12-6 curveball. Uncle Charlie strikes one more time. Cardinals advance to the NLDS. I mean, that's the way I'm drawing it up. Right? Why not? After that, I have them outlasting the Giants to stake their claim to the NL West, cruising past the Brewers to prove that they're actually the best team in the NL Central all along. And then finally, we go to the Windy City, not for a battle with the Cubbies, but where the Birds come face-to-face with their old teammate Lance Lynn and legendary skipper Tony La Russa en route to an improbable World Series championship again. It's crazy to think about it, right? Never happen. Improbable. Improbable, like, say, winning 16 straight ball games in September? I'm going to close it right here for today, and I'm going to do it like I always do, only this time I'm in Texas Rangers country, which adds one more not-so-subtle nod to the last Cardinal team to offer this kind of drama. The recently honored 2011 World Series champs, I don't bring that series up too much around these parts. That said, until next time, I'm going to say one time and one time only, hashtag go Redbirds. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.